This morning, I'll be reading from Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. A little short, don't you think? <laughs> what a privilege it is to be in the presence of a divine dimension that through Christ we are one with. It is the dimension from whence we have come. And it is the dimension to which we are returning. And it is because of our awareness of the divine presence of God Almighty that we're able to live in the world without being overcome by fear. For he has not given us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of courage and of a sound mind. I'm delighted to be back here with you at the Highland Church and I extend my sincere appreciation to Shane for inviting me to be back here with this wonderful congregation. And I want to thank you for all the ways over all the years in which you have supported the work that we've sought to do, not only here in Abilene, but across our country. Today I want to speak from Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18. That was already read in your hearing today. In Philippians, we see the breakdown of spiritual friendship in the Philippian church. Paul calls his readers, dear friends. And the phrase, dear friends, implies that true spiritual friendship is deeper than friendliness. Friendliness is not friendship. A friendly person gives you a smile, but a friend gives you his heart. A friendly person
loves you with words, but a friend loves you with deeds. A friendly person flatters you with compliments, but a friend strengthens you with truth. Friendliness is not friendship. Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus with a friendly kiss for 30 pieces of silver. Delilah betrayed Samson with a friendly kiss to gain the secret to his power. Jacob betrayed his brother Esau with the friendly offer to exchange a bowl of stew for his birthright. The serpent deceived the first couple through free, friendly advice that led to the destruction of humanity. Jesus' friendship goes beyond friendliness. Jesus defines what friendship means to him in John 15, 12 through 15. Jesus said, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. Spiritual friends trust one another. Spiritual friends refrain from competing with one another. Spiritual friends never envy their friends. Spiritual friends respect their friends. And spiritual friends never compare themselves with their friends. Paul says in Philippians 4, 2, and 3, I plead with Judea and Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yea, and I ask you, my true companions, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. One single toxic relationship had sent shockwaves of neg negativity throughout the whole church at Philippi. This one relationship threatened the spiritual health of the entire congregation. And Paul sought to discourage the Philippians from splintering into partisan camps at Philippi. He knew how easy spiritual partisanship can land the church into a state of spiritual gridlock. Paul appealed to both sides of the feud to stop the infighting. He reminds them that they share a common salvation in Christ Jesus. The recognition of their common salvation in Christ is what would lead to their shared agreement in Christ. Christ is the source of common salvation for the whole church. Since Christ is our common salvation, we all have the responsibility to do what we need to do together in order to work out that salvation together in fear and trembling. Relationships in the church are not optional. 
as members of the same body, we are obligated to relate to one another in the name of Jesus Christ as spiritual relatives. If someone asks, is this church a family church? We should tell them, yes, this is a family church. All Christians are related by blood, the blood of Jesus. The whole family gets involved to bring peace when there is conflict within the spiritual family. Paul says, yea, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. When co-workers in the church are not working together, it becomes everybody's responsibility to assist in helping to work things out. Maintaining the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace is every Christian's responsibility. In Ephesians 4.16, Paul says that every member of the body has a part to play in maintaining a healthy state of spiritual friendship within the church. He says, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each member must have a solid spiritual work ethic. We work out our shared salvation to the point that it can be reflected in our relationships through the spiritual exercises of solitude, silence, and prayer. When we fail to exercise the spiritual disciplines of solitude, hospitality, silence, and prayer, we undermine the spiritual strength of the entire spiritual team that we call the church. The worst thing I hated about playing football for one season during my freshman year of high school <laughs> was having to exercise every day after class. I knew that without working out consistently, I would be the weak link on the team. And I decided that I would have to totally commit to exercising in order to help strengthen the team or simply quit playing football. And it is obvious to you which decision I made. <laughs> like a sports team, each supporting ligament plays its own part in the growing and strengthening and the building up of the church in love. The Christ life we share spiritually connects us to one another. It makes us belong to one another. As members of the church, we are members of one another. As members of the body of Christ, we are jointly connected to the same life of Christ that exists within each member of his church. Paul says in Romans 12:5, so we being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. The New Living Translation puts it this way, so it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We not only belong to Christ, 
but we also belong to everyone else who belongs to Christ. It is because we belong to others in the church that we discover that others belong to us as well. You belong to me, and I belong to you. It is out of this mutual understanding of belonging that we experience a spiritual sense of feeling that we belong in the fellowship of the church. This spiritual sense of belonging to one another enables us to see that salvation is a collective congregational experience. Salvation is a group effort. We cannot work out our salvation in isolation from one another. In Christ, there is no such thing as personalized salvation that exclusively belongs to you or that exclusively belongs to me. We cannot order a personalized salvation as we would order a personalized pizza. A personalized pizza is suited to my personal taste. Nobody else is required to like my personalized pizza because it was not designed to be shared with an entire group. It was only designed to be shared with me. <laughs> but salvation does not work this way. Salvation is not our personal property. It is not our private possession. Salvation cannot be privatized in isolation from the faith community. You got me, baby, whether you like me or not. <laughs> God put this marriage together between you and me. And the hostile conflict that existed between Yudi and Syntyche, the only way that it could be worked out is that they both had to come to the same understanding that they shared a common salvation. And the more they pulled away from each other, the more they were fracturing the salvation of the whole church. Now, there are times when God calls us to be alone with him. But the reason why we spend time alone with God so that we can receive from God the spiritual wisdom and the spiritual blessings and the spiritual gifts that we can bring back and offer to the community. Forgiveness, long-suffering, patience, humility, looking out for the interest of others are gifts from God that he gives to us so that we can experience these things within the church body as we process the working out of our common salvation together as spiritual friends. The Holy Spirit works the work of salvation among us individually and collectively. The salvation works that the Holy Spirit does within us privately is to also now to be acted out publicly and applied in the context of our relationships with one another in the body of Christ. What God does in you privately is meant to have an impact in the lives of those around you publicly. Without the Holy Ghost becoming the Holy Host in the church, let me say it this way. Without the Holy Ghost becoming the Holy Host in the church house, the church house will become a hunted house filled with the spiritual horrors of conflict and division. And Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. Whatever you are doing now, it is not new. It was prepared for you to do before you showed up here on this planet. And it is through our connectedness to the mind of Christ that the divine teacher, the Holy Spirit that has been entrusted to us, that can teach us what God intends for us to do and is the purpose and the reason for our existence in the world and for him allowing us to become citizens in his kingdom. God is working something out in us and through us. And don't lose hope. And don't lose faith when you see how crazy the world has become. God still has the world in the palm of his hand and it ain't going nowhere until God decides that time is up. And so we keep our faith firmly rooted in him and we remain open for God to do God's own thing with our lives because we're only here for just a little while. And I want God to do everything that God wants to do with me so when I press my dying pillar, I don't have to go out of this world with regret. I can go out knowing that God had his way with me and that he used me as a simple tool in his mighty hand. And Paul says in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is at work within the body of Christ, the church body, as the body of Christ must continue to follow the way of the cross. The way of the cross is the way of salvation. The way of the cross involves excruciating pain riveting rejection, lonely abandonment, bitter betrayal, exhausting despair, and finally death. God through the present living body of Christ, which is the church, is giving birth to new life into the world. The entrance of new life into the world involves intense pains of labor, but let the church not be dismayed when we experience labor pains as the Holy Spirit works out our shared salvation. Climbing out of the deep dungeons of depression is salvation work. Experiencing freedom from the emotional feeling of numbness and the squeezing grips of mental illness is salvation work. Overcoming the deadening silence of boredom that makes it feel like the whole world stopped and all of humanity jumped off the planet, leaving us stranded behind in ice-cold loneliness, is salvation work. Keeping faith in the idea of love when the words I love you are sometimes discovered to be only a glistening mirage in the desert of disillusionment is salvation work. Being determined to recover from betrayal by close friends who kissed you softly on one cheek for 30 pieces of silver and hit you on the other cheek with the open hand of rejection is salvation work. Holding on to the ropes of hope as you dangle over the open pit of hell is salvation work. Trying to reconcile with those whom you vow to never trust again is salvation work. 
trying to silence the screaming voices of self-hatred inside the living room of your own head is salvation work. And the day that we hear his voice, we will not harden our heart because we know that now is the day of salvation. We're not waiting on salvation to come. Salvation has already come down in Christ Jesus. But it involves pain sometimes. We have to follow in the footsteps of Jesus as he leads us to the way of the cross. If Jesus had to hang there on that cross, the old song says, must Jesus bear the cross alone? And it goes on to answer the question, no, there is a cross for everyone and I know that there is a cross for me. But as I follow him in the way of the cross, I know that salvation has already come down. Salvation has come down. Can we say hallelujah, amen? amen. Amid grief and sorrow, salvation has come down. Despite the sad memory of yesterday's ugly conflicts and despite the toxic imaginations of a fearful tomorrow, salvation has come down. The more we are pulled downward into the hole of hopelessness, God is pulling us upward into the direction of a new heaven and a new earth. This is salvation work, and because of this, we can celebrate. We can get happy and express our joy. I wish I had a church that was not ashamed to show you joy this morning. <laughs> You're not working for your salvation. You're working out your salvation. In all our relationships, no matter how solid or long we have had them, those relationships will be tested in the process of the push and the pull and the ebb and flow and the ups and downs and the ins and outs of life, the joys and the sorrows and the pains and the pleasures of the work of salvation and spiritual friendship must continue to go on. But the good news is that God is still in control. Don't take your eyes off of the fact that salvation is a collective gift that we must work out together in partnership. God through Christ is in you and God through Christ is in me. And when we fall out with each other and we cut one another off, we're doing damage to the very life of God. We're crucifying him all over again. Now, I know you are asking, why is he preaching that sermon here at Highland? We don't have any problems like that. Well, I'm preaching it so you won't have any problems like that. Amen? Amen. And so, there is something of God that is in you that is related to me. And there is something of God that is in me that is related to you. And the truth of the matter is, you can't get to God by, by bypassing me. Now, despite how you think I might look and appear, you got to deal with me. Because me is a part of we. And the God that is in you is the same God that is in me. And if God is in you and God is in me, that means God is in we. 
And that means that we are connected to one another if we want to be connected to God. You see, some of us are busy trying to love God in heaven, but don't know how to love God in our neighbor. Ooh, I want to say that again. You know, the solution to our race problem, and y'all know I was going to go there, so don't act like you didn't know. <laughs> Is that we have to realize that the very groups that we have problems with, they're God's children too. And our salvation is connected together. And that's why the church has to be busy about working out its salvation on a congregational level. Because when a watching world sees how we're working out our common salvation together, it will serve as a powerful witness to a culture that is divided by race and politics. We have something that is in us that is of God, that gives us the capacity to love one another despite what we look like on the outside and despite how we vote at the ballot box. We have something in us that connects us at a deeper level than our surface level humanity. And that is what we have to keep focused on as we're working out our salvation together collectively as the church of Jesus Christ, as the body of Christ, living in the world in the name of Jesus Christ, we realize that there is nothing in this world that is so valuable that we should fall out over and begin to hate each other and to begin to fight each other over because everything in this world is temporary and is passing away. But we know that there is a place that is eternal. It is beyond the azure blue, but it is breaking into a physical world right now in the form of the kingdom of God that dwells in the people of God. And we live according to that reality. We do not live according to the kingdoms of this world because their existence is based upon violence and bloodshed. But our existence is based upon the eternal presence of God who is going to receive the world back unto himself. And because we realize that we're going back to him, we know how to live peacefully with one another while we are here because this world is not our home, but this world is the location where God will express his kingdom will on this earth as it is in heaven. And we give our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength to God and say to him, do what it is that you need to do with us in order to let the world know that you are still alive and that you still hold this humanity as the apple of your loving eye. May God bless us as we continue to work out our salvation together in fear and trembling, being willing to forgive one another in the name of Jesus, being willing to be patient with one another for Jesus' sake and doing whatever we can do for one another as what Christ has already done. For us. May God bless us. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we know we live in some challenging times in our world, in your world, 
let us not forget that this is your world. You created humanity, and you, all, you know all of our frailties, you know all of our weaknesses, oh Lord. But we come before you now asking you to give us the strength to hold out our faith, to give us the strength to hold on to one another, no matter how difficult and strained our relationships may be, we pray that you would give us the strength of love to work things out with one another through Jesus Christ. Now pray, Lord, as we go forth into the world on this week that we will go forth as salt and light. And wherever we may see conflict, we will get involved with the intention of bringing peace and resolving conflicts where we see them, especially in the household of faith. We pray this prayer through Jesus our Lord. Amen.